Welcome back to the Our View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Anurada. Anurada is the founder of SNE India, a nonprofit that focuses on assisting those with disabilities in creating a sustainable livelihood through collaborating with them to sell their products. This is a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. So I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation. I am very happy to welcome my guest today, Anarada, and uh, we are looking forward to having you on today and to share your story and the great things you are doing. And uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um... You know, Art Aston, it's really lovely. And it's so nice of you to have actually started something like this, where you're bringing so many people together to 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 basically voice about themselves. And definitely, I think they should be somewhere in the years and the months to ahead to change the tone of disability. Definitely. Hopefully, it yes. should happen. Yes, that is what we are aiming to do. And... Uh, this is, uh, you are one of my very few international guests <laughs> that I've had on, that I've had on the podcast. And you and I, we were discussing, uh, we're recording this, uh, it's Wednesday morning here in New Jersey, but it's Wednesday night to where you are. <laughs> so uh, we were discussing the time difference and things last night, just to make sure we were all lined up perfect uh, with the correct time. So uh, again, welcome to the uh, to the podcast, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Same here, same here. Yeah. So to get started, can you tell us who you are? Who is Anarada? Okay. So, um, okay, I'm a special mother. That is what I would first like to define myself as. So the human being in me uh, completely had a transform, you know, transformation once my son was born. So he was born and then we was diagnosed with a medical condition. And uh, so he had developmental delay and epilepsy since he was five months, six months of age. And uh, we were living in the, you know, uh, 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 like we were living abroad at that time. That is, we were in the Middle East. And this was in the year 2000 when, of course, the facilities were new and there was no Google. So we basically had to figure out what was happening with my son. And we realized that he had myoclonic jerks. So that was one of the severe forms of epilepsy and infantile spasms, which led to developmental delay. So then when we relocated back to uh, India just to use the support system, because obviously we were just newly married with... um, you know, with a, with an eight-month-old infant. And we realized, uh, and the infant was having seizures every day, which is about like 100, 150 seizures a day. So uh, so that Anuradha was, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, woke up and realized that, okay, there is a disability. And now this is something that I might have to live with for the rest of my life. Because uh, as I bring up my son, I ha- I also realized that I have become the primary ga- okay, caregiver. And uh, so uh, so I realized that I need to understand more about what this whole thing that, you know, which I didn't sign up for in life, but has basically come in. 
So there are only two ways of looking at it. Either I could sit and cry and brood and uh, be very unhappy. Or I can just decide, okay, fine. Now we just, we have just been given this. Anyway, we have a lovely baby, which is, uh, who's otherwise very, uh, you know, smiling and, uh, you know, trying to be nice with you. So, okay, there are other challenges of there's going to be motor development. There's going to be problems with speech delays. There's going to be a whole lot of gross motor issues. But nevertheless, it's a human life. And you've been blessed to be a mother. You're blessed to be a caregiver. So now what next? So let's look at it. So that Anuradha became very different from the Anuradha uh, in her 20s to the Anuradha in her uh, you know, late 20s when she had a baby, became a different Anuradha. And then that Anuradha obviously then started reading up slowly. Then it was the birth of the internet and the Y2K. Then slowly we understand and we came back. We went through a whole lot of doctors. And then we finally understood what the diagnosis means and what is the prognosis and what is it that we have signed up for the rest of our lives. So my husband and me, of course, initially, like any other parents, a huge shock. Uh, but then we just decided, okay, now let's take it one day at a time and start. And now that has been 20 years. So my son is now 20 years old and he goes to occasional skill training. He's still nonverbal. He's still epileptic, but has become a man because he's 20 years old uh, he's got um, he's got a, like he's got thoughts of his own he's got uh, a mind of his own he's got his own way of uh, you know being with people and he's a very social child in spite of being non-verbal he's a very affectionate uh, person and the last 20 years has taught me a lot about how we can do and what we can do so it is primarily his journey so I studied to be an accountant, basically a chartered accountant, which is an equivalent of a CPA in the United States. Okay. So it's called a, a CA of uh, India, the Indian Institute of Chartered Accountancy. So it is a very, uh, you know, like the CPA, it is sometimes very difficult to clear the exams. And once you have a CPA, obviously it's a nice thing to do because you go about auditing other people and it's a nice life. So that was what I studied to be and I was doing that for a few years until he was born and even for a few years after he was born. But then I realized that uh, that was not giving me um, any satisfaction. So I used to take him to therapies and I started helping a special school which was basically for children with autism. And I realized that there is a lot that could be done in the special need community. And 20 years ago or 15 years ago in India, still the facilities are, you know, were very less. The therapies were, were just growing. Uh, the physical, you know, even the studies, associated studies with either autism or dyslexia or, you know, any kind of disability was just growing. People were trying to understand syndromes. Uh, people were not even aware of the, you know, many of the terms that were used. Even infantile spasms was something very, very new. Uh, you know, obviously there was maybe, you know, one in 5,000 or 10,000 actually knew there was something called infantile spasms and something called the syndrome. So we were talking about times like that. And then when I signed up uh, to help, uh, you know, a special school in India, we call them non-government organizations that are NGOs. So which means, uh, you know, they, they work completely on funding with either the help from the government or they are, uh, you know, funded by a private sector of individuals. So I started helping this special school. I started as a parent volunteer. 
and i slowly got associated uh, with them and started taking care of some amount of uh, the boat then i just got into the boat to help them a little better because i thought whatever my accounting contacts could you know slowly help build the charity base for the school and that's how we started so i spent about 12 to 13 years helping the special need uh, organization a uh, basically a school and meanwhile my son also grew up yeah okay so he didn't go to that school but slowly he also went to other schools with the therapy and all that so what happens is we realized that even to get a school for a special need child is very difficult it was very difficult in a place like india 15 years ago and i'm not joking if i'm talking about a metro where i'm living i'm not even sure how things are in the you know in the in in, in the more underdeveloped uh, you know states and areas in the country so it was very difficult and it was very sad to see that even special educators uh, it was not a very sought after profession because obviously the pay scales were low and it was associated with charity so not many were signing up to study and they were um, it was a, it was always a it, it was always a very non balancing situation in the sense like it was only the affluent who could pay for therapies and go ahead there were still some organizations which were funding which were subsidizing the cost of therapies for many so there was a lot of um, imbalance that we could see and my heart always went out when i used to see this kind of a um, uh, you know an imbalance i wouldn't say discrimination because it was not actually discrimination it was just that the facilities were growing and people were not aware and trying to accommodate everything so that anuradha suddenly realized that okay i don't have to do anything with my accountancy because that's not something that's actually giving me the happiness when i go back home but my association with the special school helped me meet parents helped me meet other caregivers helped me understand the so many different facets of the special need um education and uh, the the inequalities and the imbalances that existed and that is when i decided that i wanted to completely get into the special need uh, you know community as in terms for the development of the community wow yeah i i i love um i love what you said that you know you uh you know you had your son 20 years ago and um you know you didn't sign up for this with you know with him having his medical conditions but you found a way to help him and then also you got involved to uh you know figure out a way to help other families who were impacted by uh medical diagnosis uh like your son and and different diagnoses as well so i i really really think that is so great to hear you say that um you know how you used your situation and your experience to uh to better understand other families who were experiencing things similar to uh to your family and how you um you know how how you just really took on that passion to um uh, you know to acknowledge that things were imbalanced i love that uh you know that word it it's just really you know things have gotten better it's the same thing here in the united states you know 15 20 years ago and 30 years ago and 40 years ago when i was born they weren't uh you know all that great and there's still a ways to go but um things are improving and that is um 
the progress is something that is worth uh, mentioning and worth noting for sure. You and I, we follow each other on uh, Instagram and uh, you have created something that is called the Special Needs Empowerment Hub. And that is S-N-E-H. Can you explain to us what that is and how you came up with that idea and, and what exactly um, what, what exactly does it do? Okay. So Special Need Empowerment Hub is basically a networking of, a, you know, of as many of special need institutions that we can get into the hub, as well as individual uh, parents or uh, who are, you know, working with their special need children, who are basically trying to get them to be entrepreneurs in whatever they can do. So the idea was to bring these people together. Because now, if I ask me why, so we'll start with that. See, when I was, uh, you know, as I said earlier, when I was uh, working with this uh, special school, of course, completely pro bono all along. But when we were going through this, we always realized that every school that we interacted with or a center was doing a lot for the, okay, you know, for the education and the occasional training of the students. Everybody was doing their best and every special educator and teacher there was giving their 200% to help the, you know, the students. But what happened is once they are 20 years old or 18 to 20 years old, most of them have, you know, they have learned what they can, right? And uh, just like you and me, uh, there is, uh, though you, you have learning lifelong, there are only certain skills that you are good at, that you can learn, that you can pick up. Supposing if I ask you what you're good at, you'll have, you know, one or two things to say. And if I ask you, you know, what are the things that you're bad at, you'll still have one or two things to say. Similar with me, whether it's a, whether it comes with a disability or, you know, with, um, you know, you know, with just ability, everybody has one skill set that he or she is very good at. And there will be one or two skill sets which they are okay at. And there are a few that they just don't want to do. So we said, okay, now everybody at 18 or 20 is definitely going to be like that. And the disabled or the specially abled are no different, right? So uh, so there is no harm in using any of these terms because they still have ability in whatever they are, whatever they are good at. So there is ability in everybody. So that is what we wanted to first identify. Most of the schools have identified that. And they know that if you go, they will tell you there is this boy who is very good at computers. He's very good at data entry. You go to another other boy is very good at art. There's somebody else who can just sketch. There's somebody else who's excellent at carpentry. You give him, a, you know, a module. He will learn to put things together. You give him a cube. You know, put it together. Now all this is like in pockets. So we said we will try and bring these pockets together, and try to create some kind of a job opportunity sheltered employment opportunities such that all of them are productively engaged after 20 what does everybody do everybody requires some amount of job right you and me like you and me when we finished whatever we finished we wanted to work somewhere irrespective of the money it is the it is the you know some kind of a dignity that you get the independence that you get that you want to put to use Unfortunately, uh, you know, even the specially abled and the disabled person, you know, persons with disabilities, they also feel the same thing. So there is nothing wrong, but there is no avenues. 
and today uh, you know mainstream employment is very very difficult we had tried that in school we are very sure that just 1% of the total population with persons with disability can actually get into mainstream employment because it requires a lot of compromise with the employer and the employee to be on the same page to be working long term so most of them come back after 6 months 1 year 1 and a half years 2 years because i think the tolerance level is also difficult and uh, if they are slow they are slow if they are super fast they are super fast so i mean each one again has their own way of working and attitude so we realized that there was this gap so there were people who were finishing a lot of skill training and occasional training in many institutes they were very good at what they were doing but they could not get a full time employment and because of that they would also at some point be forced to leave the institution because they would not be able to you know pay the center uh, fees or or you know the uh, the tuition fee so they would be forced to drop out and stay at home then they and they found themselves you know feeling wasted because they didn't have an opportunity to use whatever skill they had for even if it's carpentry or even if some kind of printing art and work somebody has to buy it from you right then only then there is some amount of work that is generated so we said okay let's bring all these uh, you know different kind of skills together and uh, we will try and do, do it like a a hub and spoke model where we will say we'll create the hub we'll have these different people so they can all work from wherever they are uh, so they can be attached to any institution and we would give them either job orders or we will take their items try to convert them into products which will be on par with the commercial market so we were very clear we wanted to create this sheltered employment opportunities and for which we said instead of you know setting up the infrastructure and then asking everybody to join we said we will get everybody to work on their skills first and then let this itself take shape and get into its own infrastructure its own uh, setup and pick up in, you know in the months and years to come so this was a thought process since 2018 so when i stepped down from the special school which i was helping i spent about 6 months trying to go visit many other center schools uh, you know in and around the you know the city i live in and as well as a few other you know neighboring states just to see what is available today and what are the different kinds of disabilities that are existing and what are the skills that are associated uh, you know with the person with disability so we we were we were you know completely amazed to see that everybody had some good skill or ability in them there was not a single person with disability whom we could say is getting wasted no i think they didn't have an opportunity the lack of opportunity was what was getting them wasted it was not that they were getting wasted so we said we had to take this up we have to you know do something quickly and that is how special need empowerment hub started so we started with five institutions because these are the five institutions like i you know i had actually worked with somewhere earlier and we said okay your 18 years and above So, so they're all, you know, technically adults as per mm-hmm. definition, and they will all have a, you know, a disability card as per the, you know, the government of India. So we would uh, first uh, take them and identify the skills, 
try to create a market for the products that they are making try to make products out of their skills and take it to the commercial market so the easiest thing to do is to start with the gifting sector and that's how we started so we first started with our diwali gifting so diwali is, is the most important uh, you know uh, you know festival celebrated in india like christmas so we have a lot of gifting that happens during that time it's like as good as like you know something like thanksgiving so we have a lot of corporate gifting we have like events gifting so we said let's you know so we picked up small products from across the hub from across the different spokes of the hub and put them together as hampers and generated our first diwali order and when that picked up we had a lot of confidence that people were coming back and we also wanted to make these products uh you know very aesthetic as eco-friendly and sustainable as possible because we're just growing we can't immediately go into a you know a non-plastic uh, you know non-reuse kind of a market eventually we like to be there but we first said we'll try and pick up all these products and that is how the sne uh, came up and we were thinking that we should use the word special need and what were we doing we were trying to empower them and how are we doing it through the hub so we said let's simply put this together and call it special need empowerment hub and incidentally sne in a sanskrit word actually means love wow <laughs> so it's called sneha if i give it uh, you know the you know the pronunciation of a sanskrit you see sneha so that means love sneham is, is actually love so oh. then we said okay things are just falling together so when we did up our logo we decided to put a heart about the about yeah. this name. <laughs> oh my gosh that's that so fun that is so great oh my goodness that was wow <laughs> that is so so cool oh my goodness i i love i i love what you're doing because as you mentioned it can be very difficult for people with disabilities to feel like as if they belong in their communities and providing opportunities for them to um first of all to to show off their skills because you know like you said it it can be you know they can be artists carpenters and you know whatever else they they want to be but the opportunities that um that stop or I should say the obstacles that stop them from achieving these goals and whether it be the price of school or being able to go to school uh because of their physical uh disabilities you know for so for you to provide a place from wherever they are to show off their skills make their products produce their products and to uh you know have have a place for them to to show off their abilities i think is so important and uh very much needed and i love that the uh i love the way that it all just came together you have um an internship and in special parents entrepreneurs program can you tell a little bit more about that and what the uh focus and what the goal is of creating uh that program okay see about the internship program we basically want to create this visibility and uh, you know get more people out of their homes uh, to come and participate in whatever skill they have and we are only talking about persons with disabilities in this so try to come and uh, see sometimes they have a skill 
uh, you know, they have their, see, they're, they're very low on confidence on their skill also. So sometimes they feel they need more training. Sometimes they feel uh, like, you know, we have people just making these traditional baskets, uh, you know, out of, uh, you know, out of cloth, out of ropes, of, out of nylon. So that's a, you know, very basic weaving skill. So there's somebody who's sitting and doing it at home. But sometimes they feel that they lack the confidence in doing it well. Or maybe they don't know how to design it. Or they don't know how, you know, the five, six patterns of making those baskets. So our idea was like, if you're doing something, you join us. And easiest, you know, thing to do was to call them an intern. So that if they join this internship program, and when we are saying internship, we also felt we needed to pay them something for the value of the services that they are doing. So, which would, you know, motivate them to come in, also get trained a little more on the skill if they are low on confidence or if there are, you know, more, uh, you know, opportunities to learn. And then the final product, what they are doing or the final service that they are rendering is going to be with a lot of value addition and for which we would want to pay them some amount, which would at least, you know, in today's world, help them with some amount of, uh, you know, self-maintenance. For example, they would have to sign up for some therapy or they would still have to, uh, you know, you know, buy food for a month and they're already 25 or 30 years of age. The small amount of stipend or the money that we pay back for, to, you know, to them would motivate them to come back the following months to pick up more work. So that was the main idea of this internship program because to encourage people to come out of their comfort or, you know, the discomfort zone to come in and to understand that now this platform is only for the specially abled. It is only for persons with disabilities. So there needs to be no inhibition. Anybody can be at any level. You can be on a scale of from zero to nine in the spectrum. Never mind. Just join us. And with whatever help we can, we will try to improvise whatever they are doing and try to bring it. So that is the whole idea of this internship program because if it's not like an, it's not like an, you know, Microsoft internship or an Amazon internship today, which is, uh, you know, uh, you know, which actually maybe, you know, goes with some prerequisites to be an intern. Mm -hmm. Here we are saying the only prerequisite is you have to be 18 years and above. You may, you, you know, you, you may have some amount of, uh, you know, disability with, that's it. So just come and you have a skill, you just come, we let you know, we'll try to do. See, the idea with this is also, we will be able to do capacity building because tomorrow, you know, today we have four, uh, okay. Now with the program, we already have four interns signed up because we just started again after the second wave. It's been a month now we have four interns. So out of these four interns, we have found two of them are very good at, uh, you know, doing painting. So they help us do the artworks, uh, you know, for the coasters and the trays that we are doing. So when two of them are doing, along with the institutions which are already helping, you understand the capacity just goes up. So when I started with 10 trays, today I'm easily able to do 400 trays because I'm able to also have a process set for what are the colors that I'm using, you know, what are the kind of artwork that we are doing. So we are able to kind of, uh, you know, somewhere streamline our uh, operations. And it is nice for them because they are so happy to come 
and to do this work or wherever they aren't if you are able to tell them this is how we try and do it online also they pick it up and they are saying very happy we will do this now we have four of them coming physically because they just wanted to come out of their homes they have been all all stuck for a year and a half so they wanted to come out and uh, be at the center so we have the rest of them still doing this online so we found that people are really enjoying this interaction to they are all slowly finding their peer group so since we are saying 18 and above most of them are coming in up between 80 and 30 now 18 and 18 and 30 years of age so they are slowly developing a you know a, a new peer group and uh, so they also understand they have other interests which are in common so it gives them a space for interaction at the same time it is giving them a job opportunity and to have at least 6 hours in a day to be productively engaged wow so that also results in a lot of behavioral changes so there's a lot of feel good so they feel very useful they feel that little bit of that stipend that you know the small pocket money that they are getting out of this they feel nice i think like anybody else uh there is some amount of dignity when you have your own money there's no there's no two ways about it right so uh, i don't think anywhere in the world people can deny that right <laughs> uh, how much is a different question whether it is like you know it's whether it is a dollar or 10 rupees or you know whatever whatever yeah. it is it's a nice thing it's a good feeling it's a feeling which promotes self confidence motivation and we are trying to do is as healthy as we can get so uh, and the, also the families are feeling very happy because they feel that their uh, you know their son and daughter was otherwise just now sitting at home are slowly picking up some skill and they are finding it useful and they are also finding it to some extent remunerative as we grow when we are able to sell more we would be able to make more surplus and the surplus we only want to give back because we are also a not for profit uh, you know company though we have set it up as a company it's called a not for profit company so as for the terms we only want to redistribute the surplus the proceeds that we get so we are also you know very happy and that's the whole thing about this internship program why internship is this and why we are including special uh, parent entrepreneurs is because there is a, you know a huge section of people today who are stuck at home it happened even before the pandemic mm-hmm. and the pandemic has accelerated this entire scenario uh to wrap up our conversation um and i i know we've already touched on so many parts of this uh already but can you just share uh why you feel it is important to have programs like the special needs empowerment hub we want uh the specially abled community to be like any other community today in the world so um you know uh, as uh, you know i'm sure we have seen so much in, in social media today there is a lot of talk about ableism there is a lot of talk about disability there is uh, you know there are people who like to uh, you know not be called disabled there are people who don't like the term persons with disabilities and there are people who also feel um, intimidated if they are called special so uh it is all i think today it's in the mind and i think if at all the pandemic has taught us anything else it's also that like i think uh, the every attitude change the mind change starts from within right so we have all 
uh, we all also never signed up for the pandemic, but we have spent two years, uh, you know, without people, without, you know, minimal social uh, meeting and the lack of, uh, you know, physical um, activities. And uh, we have realized we all survive. Right. So we find ways and means and, uh, you know, you know, coping mechanisms and uh, everybody at the end of the day is fine. Of course, there's a struggle, but we. So uh, we will not say inclusion because there is uh, there is no need for inclusion, because I think as I as I started the conversation, there is ability in every person. So which means there is ability in disability. So there is a skill in everybody. So I think we should if we are talking about so much about positivity and today the world, uh, the world is talking about creating impact in so many ways. I think we should all start with simple basic steps of accepting he or she the way he or she is. I'm, I'm not even saying this as a special mother. I'm just saying it like as any other person. I'm not even saying this for my son because I think we have all, uh, I think you and me would have crossed the, the thing to even try to convince somebody as to why we should be part of, um, you know, something or why we shouldn't be part of something. So I think there is no need today to justify what you want or what you don't want. So whether you're able or disabled, you don't need to justify anything about it. So it's just a question of living together. Today we have realized the world has come to a point where whatever it is, good or bad, pandemic or no pandemic, ability or disability, money or no money, everybody just have to learn to live together. Now when this living together comes, I think with uh, with the special need uh, community, it takes a little bit of more effort. Only the, the, the you know, the only reason being that uh, we are only trying to provide a platform to bring people together. So it's also happening in the underprivileged today. It is also happening in the marginalized communities today where we are only trying to, uh, you know, take more efforts to bring this platform together. So just like, you know, anything else happening today, you're talking about saving the earth, we're talking about environmental uh, issues, saving the environment. You're just taking extra efforts to do those things. So just like that, I think even for a specially abled community, you know, you always have to take certain extra efforts to bring the community together for a very good, healthy, conducive growth and development where at one point we all find peace and the harmony to live together and stop having labels, stop being judgmental. Of course, it's very easy to say, but you know, we might just, as we are talking, we always tend to judge the other. So it's not going to be easy to stop doing that, but we have to get conscious about it and say that it's a, it's a, you know, it's a common world. It's a common planet. Everybody has a right to live. You study, you don't study, you go to work, you don't go to work. Uh, you make merry, you don't make merry, never mind. But how do we live in harmony? How do we live in peace? So you have to have that happiness and peace for yourself. And finally, every human being only craves that as an emotional quotient. At the end of the day, you want to be happy. And the, I think the only way you can be happy is to just be in harmony and peace with yourself and the people around you. So with yourself may also come easily, but with the people around you, you might have to take some efforts and that effort has to be mutual. And it is also a question when it comes to 
you know, persons with disabilities to also accept uh, ableism for ableism to accept the disability and coexist. Today, like any other relationship, today we all have to uh, agree to coexist, like how we coexist with plants and animals today, we also have to coexist with each other. I think this is a something, um, you know, very, um, you know, actually, if you really sit and think there's no philosophy or uh, anything required, it's just simple, uh, plain logic, if you finally need to do, we just need to eat, we need to live, we need to be clothed, we need to be happy, we need to have friends around. And uh, we just need a good life. That's it. And good life. And the good has your own metrics, can have your own, um, you know, uh, parameters for it. You can define what your good is and be happy with whatever good you have. I think that's all we want to do. And that is why we feel that platforms like SNE would really help to bring lots of people together. It will help to bridge the gap wherever it exists. And slowly we will find a lot of boundaries dissolving and this, uh, you know, this oneness and wholeness actually coming together in harmony. We're going to understand what it means. People are going to, you know, come in with more understanding than what you and me had 20 years ago, 40 years ago. So, uh, you know, there is more learning and we have to use this good time to uh, put things together so that there is always a platform for people to walk in, uh, to, to feel very useful, to feel very encouraged and to be happy. This conversation is really amazing. <laughs> I am so happy uh, to have had you on today and um, to share such great um, insight. And uh, you, you really said a lot of things that I know touched me. Um, and, and I love what you just said about, you know, good has your own parameters, like good for you is, you know, might not be the same good for me, but whatever your good is, that's what it is for you. And that's okay. And just, um, you know, reminding people to not judge other people and to accept any person just how they are. Um, it's so important. And that goes, like you said, whether they have a disability or not, just every person you encounter, accept them for who they are as they are. And um, yeah, it's, this was just uh, such a great conversation and I'm so um, so happy that we have connected and um, you. you know I'm really happy that uh, you were able to share your experience, your life experience and also the great things you're doing and uh, love to hear how your um, how the hub has grown. And like you said, you you were tested in every way as a startup, mm -hmm. like right before, you know, starting right before a, a worldwide pandemic where everything shut down and, you know, every challenge that could have been thrown your way most likely was thrown your way. And you've still managed to grow, um, you know, to grow your hub. And, and it's just really, uh, really great. Like, uh like, like you said, people with disabilities, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be here. We're going to be, uh, you know, in your communities and in your stores. And, and we all, every single person, every one of us living here has some type of skill and some type of thing that we can offer and uh, create, uh, you know, for the world to see. And it's, it's so, it's, it's such a great, um, 
a great thing that you've created there. And, uh, you know, I wish you all the best. Can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Yeah, so uh, www.sneindia.com is our website. It also has a shopping portal. Uh, but right now it's not uh, active on international uh, payment gateway, I guess. So we'll have to get there. It's only national as yet. Uh, but yeah, we can still take orders and have it shipped depending on the pandemic. You can go through our products. And we have a wide variety starting from, um, uh, you know, from office stationery uh, to bags to pouches and uh, utility, home decor. And uh, with the pandemic, we were also with the masks. So you could actually go through our, uh, you know, products on the shopping portal. So we'll be there on www.sneindia.com. And our Insta handle is uh, Sne Products. So you could also look there because obviously uh, Instagram is the, is the way to go these days. And we've seen a lot of traction. And we are so happy that uh, I should personally thank you, Art Astrin, because uh, it is only because of Instagram that I got to know about our view. And when I was just browsing through the kind of work you do, it's very, very nice because like even for, a, you know, for an organization like SNE, we only talk about ourselves. But for a platform like uh, you have created to ask people to talk about themselves and to create the awareness and to change the tone of disability is actually what caught me when I was going through, uh, you know, when I was crawling and I said, OK, stop, let's follow. And uh, I was also quite attracted by the green, purple, and the blue, uh, yes. and the and the posters that you used to put up. And uh, you know, whatever you said about disability changing the tone was highly resonated with me. You know, the last six months when you're going through Instagram, so I should basically thank you for even um, you know for giving us this platform to talk about Snape worldwide globally. So it's really nice, and we would also be happy. If, uh, you know, people could reach out to us to say, you know, what are all the skills or the kind of training that is happening across the globe? Because that could also be a way to help each other. There's something that we are doing, we would like to share. It would just be like some knowledge sharing platform. And it will, it will just benefit, uh, you know, the entire, uh, you know, special community. So there must be, you know, there might be something new that, uh, you know, people across the globe are trying. So if there is something like that and uh, people come across, kindly reach out to us, share it with us. We would also be happy to share whatever we are doing. And if some, something is mutual, somewhere we can get connected, somewhere uh, we could be uh, you know, mutually useful to uh, each other, I think um, you know, that's where we want to go. Right now, this hub and spoke is within uh, you know, South India. Slowly we want to get it to India. And if it's, it's, it's going globally, there's nothing like it because we just want people to be together, as I said, and um, doing whatever they're doing happily and creating that economic independence in the, in the, you know, in the one the way. Our view is really about our view as people who live with disabilities. And it's not just the people who live with disabilities, but it's about their family members. It's about... True places that employ people with disabilities, anyone who is helping those uh, with disabilities and, um, you know, to share our stories and to share our experiences of what we encounter and the um, inaccessibility and other forms of discrimination and just the way uh, 
the, the things that we are doing to make things better for those who live with disabilities, because as we said, like, we're not going anywhere. We're here, <laughs> you know, we're here, we're living in your communities. I always say we're shopping in your stores and, you know, we're, we're out in the street and in, in your community, we're at the parks and, and we're doing things. So um, we all, again, as uh, to echo what you said before, like we all have to figure out how to live together and just make it work for everybody. And, and so it's really, um, you know, really great. And I'm, I'm grateful for uh, you taking the time to speak with me and I will definitely um, be in touch with you soon and uh, look forward to, uh, you know, hopefully working with you in, in some kind of way in the future. Sure. That's great. And uh, same here. It was, you know, it was totally a pleasure. And uh, I think I took more than an hour and it's really, really nice. And, uh, you know, you ask me to start talking about special needs. It would just uh, be nonstop. This concludes this episode of the Our View podcast. We thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more disability-related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W the number four L-I-F-E. Thanks for listening.